0: And welcome into the newest episode of the Hilltopper Sports Podcast. I am Todd Allam alongside me, Lauren Fridley. We got to hear some good 80s music there in the air tonight. Special request by Coach Hill for this episode. And uh, I, I enjoy the 80s music. I know Isaac does. Uh, we get to go on some road trips a lot more than I do with you because of basketball season. But uh, are you an 80s music fan? What, what do you get into?
1: Uh, there was a time where I was into like, 60s and 70s music for a little bit. Um, uh, I'm into a lot of 90s music. That's a lot of the stuff that I I listen to. I'm a big throwbacks person. I I mean, I guess the 2000s is considered throwbacks now. But like I I mean I I listen to a lot of the newer stuff. But then I listen to a lot of the 90s and the 80s was something that I don't know if I ever was able to get into. And I know that's what you guys are into. But um, I, I I dabble in 60s 70s 90s music a lot
0: Well what 90s stuff is it like 90s hip-hop
1: it, I mean it's 90s R&B it's 90s hip-hop 90s pop it just depends it was like everything I think um, I'm drawing a blank right now on who I used to listen to <laughs> a lot of like late 90s early 2000s uh, Destiny's Child uh,
0: you're still listen to the Macarena aren't you
1: no. No, not at all. No. I uh, <laughs> The margarita plays at any event that I'm at. I'm out. I, I can't. Really?
0: You won't even dance to that?
1: It's just, it's like, it's weird.
0: Too overdone?
1: There are better ones that I'll do at events, but uh, I don't know. I never got into the margarita.
0: I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had to live through that. The, the craze of it, I was a kid. It was everywhere, and it was nonstop, and it got annoying very fast. It was one of those songs of, oh, I please, bet please stop. I swear to God, it was on the radio for a year straight. Probably. At least.
1: Those are the songs, like, if those songs play on the radio constantly, I'm not into it. Yeah. I, I can't. I just think, like, it, it shouldn't. I mean, it is that way because they're popular and they're making money, but, like, it shouldn't be that way. I'm into music that's, like, unheard of by a lot of people which is I mean I like that but yeah
0: I get that I know, I know people like that as well I like to find the people before they make it big and then once they make it big I'm oh I've been person. listening to them for years
1: yeah that's me I did that
0: <laughs> well uh commencement just happened at West Liberty this past weekend um a lot of good people graduated unfortunately it had to be a virtual commencement I think I might be in the minority, but when I had graduated, I would have been just fine with a virtual commencement. I wouldn't have been upset by not walking or anything like that. Granted, I was a non-traditional uh, graduate, so I was a little bit older than everybody, so it didn't really mean as much but uh, it's nice to see that everybody still got their time and got their their acknowledgement and all the things they need to uh, they deserve to get their name set and to have people recognize them.
1: Yeah I I thought the commencement was really well put together. Um, It made me really upset seeing all my like this is like the semester that all of my best friends are graduating minus like maybe two people. Um, uh, Yeah it was it was really it was exciting to see everybody in their caps and gowns um, and I don't know like it's so like this semester was supposed to be like our last semester where we were able to see our friends and before they go off and they go and do big things and like not being able to have that second half of the semester was so upsetting but I was happy to see that the commencement you know brought it to a close like at that moment after I watched it it felt like it was done and that that's the whole point of it I mean like you're supposed to close the book of your college career and I think the commencement did a really good job of doing that. I mean, it's not my commencement, but I felt that way.
0: Yeah, and like I said, it was it was good to see all the kids get recognized. And you see some of the names um, that we've called games for uh, across various sports and some friends that are in the broadcast program, maybe not on the, uh, the student crew that helps out with uh, Topper Station and Channel 14, but uh, they were around quite a bit, uh, whether they were – also, student athletes where we broadcast some of their games, but then they were around in the broadcast program as well. We'd see them quite a bit, but uh, it's tough to see some of those names go go by and realize, hey, that's it, it. Might be the last time, at least me being an employee, that might might be the last time I get to see them or talk to them. Uh, so it's it's a little rough.
1: I know it is sad. Um, one name that comes to mind is Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just God, I'm so upset. I can't see her anymore. It's it's going to be it's like I didn't like get to say goodbye in the way that I wanted to. And I didn't get to do the things that we were supposed to do. Like we had made plans to like hang out go on like a a a dinner date of some sort after we were going to get back from spring break. And then, you know, things just happened and we weren't able to do that. Uh and now she's going to be moving very soon. Uh, le- about a month away, she's moving to Indianapolis, so it's just like you know you're not going to be able to see her, and it's it's so upsetting. But um that's the world we live in now.
0: Well, and with that though, world's technology, you can do this. And at the very least, you can still talk to her, and um, it is rough though not getting that last, whether it's a meal or just hanging out for a night, whatever it is, uh, that's always rough. Uh, try to we talk about that uh, personal feelings and all those kind of things. What about as a student, uh, that second half of the semester from spring break on all of the classes were online. You, You might have one or two a semester that's online, but now all of your classes were online from that point on. How difficult was that?
1: Honestly, like I know the last time you and I did this podcast, I said it was very hard to stay motivated and to continue to do the work. And honestly that stayed through the end of the semester but there are things that you have to do for the class that are set in the syllabus from January on and I really focused you know it's so hard when you're an RA and you're an ambassador and you have all these like admissions events taking place and then you're on the student crew like there's just so many hours that I'm willing to put into my extracurriculars Versus like my academics. Now, like my academics are the most important thing that I have. But um, not having those extra things really helped me focus on my academics because I have nothing else to do. Um, I, I focused really hard on, you know, taking better notes and like uh, reading and making sure the lectures that I'm watching, I'm like taking in all the information because. I want my grade to get higher and there's incentive. I don't know the word. I won't say it. Incentive. I said it right. I thought there was like an extra syllable (laughs) in there. Uh, There's extra things that can go with it. If you do well in the class, like my political science class, if you got less than two absences, you completed all the forums and then you uh, got an A in the class, you'd have to take the final. And I was like, I am getting there. And we had like one more assignment to turn in. And I had an eighty nine but then that that last assignment brought me up to an A, and I was like, "Thank God I did it so things like that, I was able to stay more uh on top of my schooling, and it helped me bring my grades up a bit, even though my grades are fine. It's just like they're able to stay steady so at towards the end, like I really didn't have an issue with it, but uh, it was definitely stressful to say the least because I'm still a procrastinator at heart, so I was doing the assignments and uh, the night before it was due like papers and like here, I think I have the book. I had to read these two books were due on the same day, but like this book was due at the beginning of the month. and Then he moved it. So I had to read, you know, that much worth. (laughs) So uh, I of course waited to the last second to do it, but I did it and I, I got B's on it. I'm not complaining.
0: There you go. And you don't have that professor anymore, do you?
1: I do not, no.
0: Well, there you go. I was going to say, don't let him know how much you procrastinated.
1: I mean, I took in the information still. <laughs> I, did I did what I was supposed to do, so I'm not – oh, well.
0: How, how much did you miss or did you enjoy the break from being an ambassador and an RA and being on the student crew and all that stuff?
1: I hated it. I, I miss it so much. I like, that's me. That's, you know, my academics is something, especially this semester, it's just a lot of gen ed. So it like, wasn't really like an impactful semester in terms of like my broadcasting or my writing or something. I, uh, I miss being in RA. I miss, you know, being able to see my staff every day. Um, I miss, we were supposed to have black and gold days. We were supposed to meet prospective students, people who were coming to West Lib and like, maybe people that I've given tours to and uh being on the crew we had acro still going on there were so many things that we were supposed to do that just had it that just stopped like we were supposed to do more tidbits on the athletes and I was kind of excited to do it because that's something that I'm really excited about doing in my career It, it I hated it I I was so upset that that all of that had to get canceled but um you know, it happens. We, I mean, we can't control what happens. So.
0: Well, we'll, we'll move on from this. And we mentioned it (laughs) briefly that uh, coach Brian Hill is the guest today, our interview. Um, It was a fun one with coach Hill. You, you got to see it Lauren. Unfortunately, unfortunately was not able to be on for the uh, interview with coach Hill, but we, uh, she was able to see it. He's an easy guy to talk to. He's another guy. I swear if, uh, we could probably get him on for another three or four podcasts and you wouldn't hear the same thing <laughs> twice. It wouldn't be repetitive. Nothing would be repeated at all.
1: Absolutely not. He is such an amazing person to talk to. He's very easy. Like you said, he's very easy going, very easy person to talk to. Um, I definitely know that we were supposed to have him on jock talk and we can't do that now, but uh, yeah. no, he was like, he wanted to go on just to talk sports, not even Lib sports, just to talk sports. And we were just so excited about it. Um, you see him anywhere on campus, whether it's in the Union or in the CAF, especially in the CAF when we see him all the time. And rather in the ASRC, he's just there. He's like, how you doing? How's life? I saw your thing on TV. Congrats. Yeah. I was just like, I love being recognized for stuff that I do. So <laughs> it felt it, like I, I missed, I don't know, like not in like a weird, selfish way. So somebody's watching right no but he is a great guy
0: yeah coach hill i've described him in many times as a guy that if i had was lucky enough to have played for him been one of his players i would have run through a brick wall for him uh the only thing he would have ever heard from me was yes sir uh that, that would have been about it uh great guy and he's very humble too. Try to get him to talk about his own career as a player. He was an All-American at Glenville State. Now maybe minus the Glenville State part, since we're a West Liv broadcast or podcast, we'll put it this way. But uh, hey, I don't care. He was a great player, um, but he's also very, very humble. So that's the funny part. And it seems to be going that way with a lot of our coaches at West Live. Very humble people. Uh, coach McGee, another assistant coach on the football team. Another one I've tried to, uh, in a good way positively embarrass him by talking about his playing career at my high school where I went and uh, in college as well. But they're all very humble. They don't want to talk about themselves. They just want to talk about their team and exactly what you hear from Coach Hill. And uh, he's, he makes a huge impact on everybody he meets.
1: That team with the addition of Coach Hill just has so much more potential now. Um, I mean, they've always had a lot of potential to be great and, and on the defensive side, like you see it and, you know, I am really excited to see he'll talk about it a little bit, just how excited he is for the season to, to get started because he does have so much potential and he has so much depth. And I feel like we've, I've been on the crew for three years. We haven't been able to say that there's, you know, depth in a sense. And now we finally have that. So I, he just, he's great he's the man that is a part of all of that. And I'm really excited to see the future.
0: Yeah. He's a guy, I mean, the way they recruited, they've been able to bring in, like you said, depth is the key word there that they've had since Coach Hill has been there. They've had the guys in for many years before Coach Hill was on the defensive line, the big name guys, or, you know, the, the starters were very good. And it was obvious, Hey, these guys are starters, but maybe uh, the guys behind them were a notch or two below uh, now everybody is pretty equal and they, they bring their own set of skills. All, all the guys that are on the defensive line have, they're all very good, but they have their own individual set of skills that they are particularly good at. Here's their strength. And you're not going to find anybody that's better than them at this. And that's, that's the other important thing.
1: Yeah. I think that's so important. If you're going to have all the guys on the line be the exact same that you're never going to get anything accomplished. I mean, so having, each individual person be themselves and have something to bring to the line i think that's so important and that's where that depth comes from Mm -hmm. it's like if you have to pull one guy because of an injury you have another guy there that's going to be completely a different different position or play the position differently so that's that's really good to have
0: yeah it's going to make it a lot of fun uh to call games because now i know uh what to look for with each individual guy this is what they do well this is uh this is something that maybe the other team hasn't seen as much on film or as often as we do, getting to be at practices and see all their games. So that's it's going to be a lot of fun with Coach Hill and what he does with that defensive line and the special teams. They continue to get better and better and better every year. Uh, so with that said, we might as well just pitch it right to Coach Hill so you can hear him give you this information instead of us. He's got a little bit more knowledge on this. So we'll go to Coach Hill on the Hilltopper Sports Podcast. And Topper Nation, we've got him the uh, defensive line and special teams coach uh, at West Liberty for football. He is one of many coaches at West Liberty University. makes me want to to run through a brick wall every time I speak to him. Uh, Coach Brian Hill is here today. Coach, thank you so much for being here with us.
2: Well, uh, thank you, Todd, for uh, taking your time out of your day to do this for us coaches and stuff. It means a lot to us going through this tough time and talking to you like this online. And like like I told you before, we talked a little bit, this is a good – for us young assistant coaches uh, to be able to work like this and meet with you and talk to each other, I guess. It's a good it's a tool for us to see how we do in situ- situations like this.
0: Well, it's been – I guess you could say for football an exciting off offseason. Uh, for most, it has not been all that exciting because uh, seasons were canceled and whatnot. Luckily for football, uh, so far, I've been able to miss – Uh, most of of the repercussions and consequences of having to cancel things with COVID-19. Now, obviously uh, some of the recruiting stuff uh, got messed up for football and other sports for everyone uh, because of things having to be canceled. But uh, some of the guys coming in this year defensively for the toppers, whether they're incoming freshmen or uh, transfers coming in, there's a lot of bright stuff, uh, a lot of bright things in the future for West Lib. Yeah, we're excited.
2: I think uh, Coach Walla and our staff, I they did a great job. One thing about Coach Walla, people don't realize is he'll let you go out and recruit your kids, right? And then he'll he'll have the final say. So, but if you go in his office and you close that door and say, "Coach, I really like this kid," he'll he'll tell you. So, give me the pros and cons right now. Why we need this kid? How can he help our program? And the first question he asked, "Let me see that transcript." Is this kid on course? He's going to help you graduate too. That's one big thing. A lot of college coaches. I mean, in my I've been doing this for a long time. A lot of coaches don't even ask that question. They just want to know if the kid can help you win or lose. But what Coach Walla does, he's in charge of all of our transfers. He makes sure they go through them, they check them. But we do, we get quite a few transfers here, and it's tough to bring a transfer of kids that's only got one year left or two years left to get them the bond and get them to go with your players and stuff. But I think as West Liberty on the Hilltop, we do a good job of bringing the right fit to our program.
0: Well, you do that with players. We've seen it time and time again. With coaches as well, you this will be your third season on the Hilltop coming up, I believe. And yes, sir. I mean, like a glove, you you fit in immediately. Not just with the coaching staff and the players, but everybody at West Liberty. Uh, we all love Coach Hill. Uh, it's everything that he brings. It's not just coaching and game days or practices. It's how Coach Hill lives his life. It's every single day. Every time you speak to him, it's a lot of fun to talk to him. Uh, and when you talk to some of now former players. Uh, that you've had at West Liberty, they'll all say the same exact things. One that really comes to mind just graduated or is going to graduate soon, I believe. Or, or did he just graduate on Saturday, Cody Ryan? Yes, he graduated in December. Okay. yes. Yeah, so he- uh, yeah. yeah he, he,
2: Cody, he great, he's a great example, a great kid to come in. He was more like he he's one of those kids I learned a long time ago. You put him on the grease board, let him work with the kids and stuff, and let him be a leader that way. And one thing that helps me that made me it makes it even better for me. He's already got a job, graduated in December, had a job in uh, January already, uh, working at Enterprise in Steubenville, Ohio. He's an assistant manager already. So to me as a college football coach, that makes me feel unbelievable how great that is to see a young man graduate and move on like
0: that. And already in a role of leadership as well, which, I mean, I can't help but think he learned a lot from you guys and that coaching staff at West Liberty. Um, Some other guys that are coming back, though, for the toppers on that defensive line. I know I'm going to miss somebody, so you might have to help me out with some of the names just because I don't want to forget anybody. But uh, Borsellino is one of them because he's a two-star or a two-sport athlete wrestling, a very good wrestler for the topper wrestling team. And he was uh, in the rotation, played a good bit for the defensive line. Yes, he did. Uh, Kenyon Felder, another one that I'll be looking Mm -hmm. forward to watching coming off the edge this coming season.
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned two kids that are two two great kids academically. They're, they're on top of their grades. Uh, Borcelino, he's just he's one of those kids. You just got to say, let's go, Borso. And he he when he puts the helmet on, he goes to war for you. Uh, Kenyon's one of the most athletic kids I've ever coached, and I've been coaching, like I said, almost 30 years now. He's one. He's 260 pounds right now. And he can lay flat on his back and do a kip up and land on his feet. There's not too many people in Division Two or in Division One that can actually say. They have a defensive lineman who can kick up off the ground like he does. Uh, Trevor Hoosiers coming back this year. I think everybody keeps forgetting about Trevor. Had a great freshman year. Blew out his right knee and blew out his left knee. Went through rehab, did everything he needs. And he's, I think he's going to be – he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. And that's what I told him in the weight room before everything got shut down. I said, play. This is your year. And that's how the motto we took in. The, this is Hoosiers' year. Uh, we got David Gilchrist coming back. Uh, you said it best on your uh, last time we were uh, thinking about uh, Jack Davis. Jack Davis is one of those kids who went from safety to nickel to linebacker to your speed rush defensive end. If if they count all of Jack's sacks, I count them as sacks, but I know when a quarterback scrambles around, they count them as a run. Jack had at least eight or nine sacks last year that would have counted. But we count them as five, which is fine. But we finally got that twitchy defensive end guy that come off the edge for us and then we got all those guys returning. And then we still got Mike Cullinane, who played a great deal last year. Great. He's one of the best freshmen I've ever coached in a long time. He came from a winning program, Martinsburg High School. They know how to win there. He brought that attitude with him here. <clears throat> he goes to work each and every day. Uh, Coach Wallach, I come to my office when they go Coach Hill. You got to tell Cullinane slow down. And, and He's on the scout team. He goes, we can't block him. He said, he's unbelievable down there. I said, that's, that's how he is. And that's how he plays. Uh, so from a returning standpoint, I think our best group of kids, and this is me being me being me is our defensive line should be the leader of our football team this year. We've got, I've got 18 kids. I'm 18 deep right now. And I've never had that many kids. And then the freshman we got coming in, uh, we got a transfer. Uh, he's this sound with us. so I'm allowed to talk about him Get in Broderick Watson, six, four, 275 pound defensive tackle. Uh, transferred in from northern Colorado. Uh, I think the, the sky's the limit for him. He's really going to step in and help us. <clears throat> and then a returner that we have that I've been moved around years and years and years is Brendan Nichols. I need to play him at one spot because he's so athletic and strong. He can help us wherever I put him. So we, we feel comfortable with our upfront guys coming in. and uh, So we're excited. And then we got the, the biggest one we got is big Nate Green from West Virginia University. He is a man amongst boys out there. He's six foot five, he's 275, 280 pounds, He can move. And I'm like, <clears throat> he, he texted me the other day and said, coach, what do I need to do? I said, like, hey, you start jumping rope, do what you've been doing, I'll see you in
0: August. <laughs> you, you gotta love kids like that that you know immediately, hey, they're all in, they're bought in, and they're ready to go. The past few years for the topper defense, when they talked about that unit, It was always the secondary because they had a lot of very good, talented players. And I I agree with you, Coach. Uh, I I think it could be the D-line being the big group uh, on that defense. But the fun part about this is I wouldn't mind seeing a competition between those groups on defense to make this an unbelievably difficult defense to play against. And I think that is the possible potential.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think from a competition standpoint, at our level – When you went from first group to second group, there was a big drop-off. I don't think that's going to happen this year now. I think we're going to be balanced for three deep. Now, Coach Walla, he wants me to play 12 guys. And I said, Coach Walla, you know what? In 30 years of coaching, I can actually sit there and say I can play. I trust 12 guys that I can put on the football field right now. They can help us win the Mountain East Conference Championship. That's how confident I feel with our guys up front.
0: And that's going to be a big test this coming season. Uh, we saw how Notre Dame likes to play. They're one of the top teams in the, in the conference. Mm-hmm. They like to run the football. Same with Frostburg yeah, yeah. State. They came in uh, from D3 now up to D2, but they were a winning program before they moved up to D2, and they kind of proved it in the conference last year as well. They can run the football. They play good defense. Mm-hmm. It's an old-school brand. And and if that's what the, the the big dogs of the conference are doing, you kind of have to play that style as well. We saw that for basketball. West Lib dominated for years and then all of a sudden everybody else came around and started playing that style somewhat and now it's very competitive. The toppers are going to try to stop the run and coach, I've got all the faith in the world in you to be able to do that. <coughs>
2: yeah, it works out. Coach Rosa and Coach McGee, they do a great job. Uh,
0: we do a good job sitting down Monday
2: through Thursday and Friday game planning. Uh, I'm in charge of the run. Monty and, and Curtis, Coach McGee does the passing We get together, we sit down and say, okay, what works for us? What matchups can we win right now? And that's one good thing about this year coming in. We know up front that we can win some very good matchups. (laughs) Heck, we never talk. Coach Montrose and I talk every day uh, via Scoop or Zoom. We can line up right now with a starting defense, and our kids know where to line up at to play our base defenses right now. A lot of schools can't say that right now. They never had spring ball. We didn't have spring ball. But our, we got so many returning kids. Our whole secondary, I know we lost a lot of them, but a lot of those kids played last year. Uh, Alex Withers and those kids like that, uh, Dejuan Jones. Our linebackers, Clay McDonald, Walter Peters—they all played last year. What do use? I mean, all of them—they all played. So we're excited from that standpoint, defensively, that we could be pretty special up front. I already told Roger, I said, Coach, go out and score as many points you want. I said, Hell, we'll hold them to a the field goal. He start laughing.
0: He goes, don't forget I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love nothing more than to see that. Um, on the special teams side of things, uh, you're also the special teams uh, coordinator. Yes, sir. Owen Roseance. Uh, we talk about him quite a bit uh, with you, but he has just continually gotten better when he first came in as a freshman. He surprised me in a good way. Uh, just tremendous his first year, second year, even better. Um, right how is he keeping things going during the off season?
2: good I talked to him uh last week I, I try to stay in touch with my kids uh, during this tough time academically he's done great he's a he's a great student uh he he's a like, coach you surprised me because you called me and talked to me about academics before you talked to me about football I said football won't be there. I said but it ain't gonna be there forever I want to make sure you're doing well academically and he has he's done a great job he goes to some kicking camps this summer he will do the same thing this year uh his biggest thing is is we love for him to be our field goal kicker and that kickoff guy. I I, I don't like when he's back here punting because it messes up his rhythm and stuff. So we brought it we brought a freshman punter in uh from Parkinson's High School named Matt Curry. He did sound with us, so we feel pretty confident in him. And we got Reed Reader back. Uh and we also got Mayfield back, who you guys said the best on your show one game against Congo when he hit that quarterback, he went he's not just a punter anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean for Mayfield, I swear I think he's played every single position in college, yes. not not just throughout his football career, just the short <laughs> time he's been in college. He's played basically every position. He's, he, yeah, he's a special kid. He's just, he's so athletic and so talented.
2: And it, it, it just, it hurt me to say, I said, Coach, this kid's got to do something for our program. I said, give to me a D-line. I'll take him. I'd love mm-hmm. to have him. He comes there, he busts his butt every day on the football field. He practices hard. He's another one of those kids with uh, Mike Cullinane on the scout team they couldn't block him. Coach Wallace was like, Coach Hill, we ain't blocked Mayfield yet. I'm like, yeah, that's the type of kid he is. He gets in the game. He plays hard. And I'm excited for the kid because I think he found, he found a position to where he's called.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see on the special teams when he does – if he ends up punting or gets an opportunity to punt again, there's going to be a lot of returners that do not want to see him as the last no. guy standing because he's yeah. going to hurt you. But I told him, too, I said, I
2: said, this: if you really want to take it to the next level, his leg is strong enough as a punter that he can take it to the next level. Once he goes to a couple of kicking camps, he probably, he's never been to a kicking camp. He, he, kicks, he just goes and kicks on his own. He just kicks. Wow. And once yeah, once Coach Marrosa sets down with him and we walk him through, explain everything to him, how to drop the ball, see the ball with your eyes, follow it through the whole 9 you know, he's got a live leg. It's unbelievable how strong his leg
0: is. Between him and Jack Davis, they might have all of the special teams tackles uh, this coming oh, season.
2: One hundred percent. I'm excited for those kids. And that's another thing: we got we got sixty some kids returning. We found a class of thirty-five, maybe forty kids. We're expecting to have a hundred kids on our roster, and, and we're, we're very excited.
0: And. Uh, we are going to talk about the defensive and special team side of the ball a little bit more than the offense because that's what you coach, but uh, the big name oh, yes, sir. a transfer that came in was Jack Allison, the quarterback from WVU. Um, it's kind of funny talking with Coach Wiley about uh, him signing earlier uh, on this podcast, but it was kind of him just talking to some of the, the players on the team before yep. he transferred. It was more <clears> just <throat> getting to know the guys – on the Toppers team before even transferring, before talking to anybody that made him want to come here. Yeah. It's amazing. He put that out there. We didn't even put that out there. He did. He did all on his own. We're like, what are you doing?
2: So, we finally got the paperwork assigned it and did all that and did his thing. But it's amazing to me. He seen one of our kids hanging out one night somewhere. He's seen the West Liberty logo and said, hey, what, what type of – here's what's neat about West Liberty. This kid could have badgered and beat down West Liberty and said, I hate West Liberty. Did it? But he talked to Jack Allison and said, this is what West Liberty is about. That kid said, I'm going to go to West Liberty a day later. Now, that's the type of kid you have on the hilltop. I tell people all the time, people say family this, family that. But when you get on top of this hilltop, that's what family's all about. I and mean, when you get up here, it's all one
0: family. I couldn't agree with you more, Coach. That's how I felt when I first got up there as well. There's so many good people. It's, it's difficult to be in positions like this at times because you're afraid there may be a name I forget. And that person that I forget to say, they deserve 100% to have uh, to be recognized and and get uh, all kinds of accolades because there are a lot of great people and great great workers and coaches at West Liberty. Oh,
2: 100%. I I think the staff, all all the athletic department staff, like we all come to each other's offices and we just talk, walk by, Hey coach, how you doing today? That's my biggest thing. My wife told me years, she was. Your best thing about you, you speak to everybody. She was, if you ever get out of coaching, you need to go to Walmart and become the greeter. I said, oh, that's not a bad idea.
0: <laughs> you could be a politician too, kissing babies.
2: Oh, I lo- yeah, I, lo- I love to do that one day. You know, <laughs> hang out, talk to everybody. I love, I just, i try to explain it to my daughter too. My daughter says, daddy, you talk to everybody. I said, that's just the way I was raised. If, if someone goes to me and don't, don't acknowledge me back, I'm not mad. I'm going to go to the next person and say, hey, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. How's your, how you doing going today? That's just the way I, that's just the way I was raised
0: and, and speaking of your daughter, congratulations to her. I saw you put on social media that she graduated Wheeling Park High School, so a huge congratulations to her
2: well thank you she's uh she's officially done this week thank thank you Jesus uh It's tough you know being a coach's daughter we've moved so many times and she'd start making friends at one school and we'd have to go to another school. She came to Wheeling Park and knew absolutely no one, not one kid, not one person uh her senior year too. Uh, what, what got me is, uh, Mr. Almas. she called me last summer and said, "Cut, Daddy, I miss you. I, I, I got to come to West Liberty. I said, you understand, you're going to leave all your friends in Hickory, North Carolina. She said, Daddy, I, I'm not worried about them. I won't be able be a with you. I said, all right. So they finally moved up. She did great. And hope, let me knock on wood, she's going to graduate with all A's and a B. Uh, officially, if everything goes right, they said they're going to have graduation August 2nd at West Bank Arena. If the coronavirus, if it doesn't spike or anything like that, they're going to have it on August 2nd. So I'm hoping and praying uh, that, it, that they have it so I can watch my
0: baby girl walk across that stage. Well, Coach, I hope you get that opportunity as well. And fingers crossed that everything's go everything goes well and they can get that opportunity for Wheeling Park. I've got a lot of friends and family members that graduated from that school. So um, I hope you guys, not- I wish you guys nothing but the best with that. Thank you. Well, and speaking of, uh, a little bit of West Virginia high school stuff. I guess we can go back in time and uh talk about your playing days growing up. Uh let the folks at home get to know you a little bit better and where you came from, what you're about. And when you were growing up, obviously football was a sport for you. Was there were there any other sports that you played as a kid? <laughs> yes, sir, I wrestled I wrestled in high
2: school too. Uh wrestled yeah, I wrestled my junior, senior year, uh played football, freshman so I didn't play football until my freshman year. I went to it's called Gore Junior High School. Then I went to Liberty High School in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Uh, born and raised there, graduated. And then that's when I moved on to uh, Glenville State College. Went to school there, graduated there, started coaching the student system back in the day uh, with everybody's favorite coach in West Virginia, you know, Rich Rodriguez. <laughs> I tell everybody that, they start laughing. They're like, don't say that. But you know, he's, everybody everybody says what they want about Coach Rod. He did give me an opportunity to get in this crazy business, and which it is crazy. But I love it. I love touching the lives of young men uh, when they graduate and move on. I learned that through all my years of coaching. Uh, you know, I coached with Bill Stewart at VMI. Uh, he was a great – I mean, he's – you talk about true – we had a staff meeting one morning. It's just a story about Bill Stewart. I, I know I got off subject here. But he means so much to me in my coaching profession. We're having a staff meeting. We're going around talking about recruits and all this stuff like this, and I'm sitting in my chair. and am a little bit. The student says, my nickname is Bubba. He goes, Bubba, what's wrong with you? I said, I- been sleeping on the couch, dude. He goes, what's wrong? Is he all right? I said, eh. and then one of my other friends was like, Coach Stu, he don't have any furniture. He don't have a, a bedroom suit. He said, are you kidding me? He calls his wife. We go to his house. Go to Stabman, and then we get up, go to his house. We pick up a bedroom suit for me. He can take it to my house, my apartment, and we put it together. This is doing it from 9 o'clock in the morning to about 11 o'clock. That's what type of guy Bill Stewart was. He gave me his an extra bedroom suit. Down in the basement, they didn't use. He called his wife. She was like, yes, Bubba needs to be sleeping on that bed and stuff like that. Gave me a dresser. Every, you name it, it was all together. He gave me a whole suit. And it's just, it, that's the type of guy I like to become because when he helps people like that, it helped me. And that's what I like doing to people, helping other people out too.
0: That's a great story, Coach. And from all the stuff that I heard uh, at WVU when I was down there and Coach Stewart was down there, uh, that goes right with everything that I've ever heard about him. A great guy. And uh, I'll tell you, for everybody that knows you or that knew of of Coach Stewart, you're you're following in his footsteps uh, big time. And you're going down the right path, at least in my mind. Well,
2: thank you. I appreciate it. I I appreciate what you guys do. That uh, TV 14, man, watching all the replays of the Concord game and stuff like that. I watched the graduation yesterday. It was awesome, man.
0: You guys do a great job. Well, thank you, Coach, and uh, you guys help us out quite a bit. You give us a lot of information that makes us sound smart and the things that we get to talk about. A lot of it comes from you guys, so that's a huge help. And I noticed you you skipped over something when you talked about your college career at Glenville State, and you're a humble guy. You're not going to talk about it. You're not going to brag about it. I'll do it for you. Coach Hill, an All-American in his playing days at Glenville State, so we cannot leave that out. He's a pretty good player, great coach, but he was a pretty good player in his playing days as well. That's something. you ever tell your players, hey, if you want to get to the level that I was at, you got to work a little bit harder?
2: Yeah, we we talk about it. And then uh, I, I – I, well, last year we played Glenville. Uh, one of the kids was like, Coach, we start talking about Hall of Fame and all that stuff like that. And I said, Coach, how in the world are you not in the Hall of Fame? I said, I don't worry about that stuff. But when Coach Keller was here, he would tell our kids, he was like, listen, Coach Hill was the best nose guard ever in the mountain – well, the WVIC when we when I played. And I was like, I don't say stuff like that. Don't worry about it. And so Keller pulled my stats up one day and showed one of our kids. They're like, is this your career? And Coach Keller was like, no, that was in one season. He went, there's no way. And I said, yeah, I said, that, that was me. They said, what was this? And I said, nose guard. They said, you did that at nose guard? I said, yeah, I said, you know, I was okay. But it's just the, the, the thought of the kids seeing that. And then they really played hard at Glenville game. They played hard every game, but they know I really wanted that game. And they really went out. And I mean, you know, like me and Keller, we still talk today. like. That's the first time in a long number your team got their
0: butt kicked like that. Uh, that's the one thing that I, I do enjoy, the fact that you went to Glenville State, but now uh, you're, everybody at Lib now is good friends with Coach Keller, now the head coach at Glenville State. Um, but it is fun to see that rivalry, and it's, you can tell you all want to beat each other as badly as you possibly can, but at the same time, there's a huge amount of respect. Oh, yeah, he's
2: uh, Mike, Coach Keller Sharp. He's a good coach. Uh, had some bad luck down the road a couple schools before. Uh, but he's one of those guys, he's, he's like Coach Walleye. He's a people person. Uh, he lets his kids play. He lets you go out and recruit your kids. But when you bring them to the table, you better have your pros and cons lined up. And he'll tell you right there, okay, I do like this kid, but. Or, hey, I don't like this kid, and tell me why I need to like this kid. So he's, uh, he, and he lets you coach. This day and age, there's a lot of college coaches they don't let their position coaches coach. They handle it for them. Coach Walleye and Coach Keller, they let you coach your position. And that's what I like about it. Like, like I've never one time had to walk in Coach Walleye's office and say, Coach, I need more time for special teams. He's had it mapped out already, how much time, everything. I've never had to ask him for any more time.
0: That's how awesome it is. Well, I mean, you want to talk about uh, you getting the opportunity to coach with great coaches. Uh, they're going to say the same thing about you. Uh, getting the opportunity to to coach alongside you. And honestly, uh, guys, we, we talked about Cody Ryan. If he ever wants to get into coaching at whatever level, I don't care if, it's, if he has kids one day and just coaching his kids as they grow up, at whatever level, you being there to help them out. And I talk about it enough to, saying that I want to run through a brick wall just when I talk to you. These guys are around you all day, every day. And they get to see you and be coached by you they get it more often than than I do, and they they understand and they get that uh, the influence that you put is going to have a huge impact on their life. Uh, excuse me, I appreciate that, and it's just it's it's how you've been brought up. If people say you want to
2: change the culture, you want to do this. It's just how you've been brought up. It's when I like I don't try to beat my kids down twenty four seven football, 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 because football is going to end. It, it is. It, it is what it is. I bring my kids, and we talk about life in general. We talk about mom. We talk about dad. We talk about grandma. We talk about Kenyon Fellow's Best example. I don't. I never talk football with Kenyon. I talk about his grandma. How's his mom doing? How's his aunt doing? He said, Coach, no one's ever done this before. I said, That's the type of guy I am. I want to know about your family. It feels good to see his grandma after a football game. Come over and give me a big hug and say, Coach, Hill, I want to thank you for taking care of my nephew or my grandson. That means so much to me. I said, Thank
0: you, mom. I appreciate
2: it. And when I call the parents, mom. And stuff like that that means
0: a lot to me too. Well, okay, I mean, I I don't have kids, but I've got a feeling if I ever was good enough to play in college, which I was not, my parents would have loved to have had somebody uh, like you and this coaching staff that are there for the players. Uh, and it's really there looking out for the people, not just what can you do for me on the football field. It's looking out for them as right. people. How are you doing in class? How is just life in general? Amen. You're exactly right. Well, we, we talk about all the football stuff and uh, I think we can now try to get into some more fun things. I guess you could say uh, d- during all the, I guess it's not fun the quarantine and everything that's going on a uh, little bit of downtime for people having to stay home. W- were there any specific shows or movies? What were you, what have you been watching to keep your uh, keep yourself occupied and not have too much cabin fever? I watched, I watched
2: the replay of the Concord game. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Concord game. Then I watched the Glenville game. No, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big law order, special victim junior guy. I love the I love long order. And then the no brainer is every Sunday night, nine o'clock. I don't move. I sit there and watch the Michael Jordan, the last dance. So I try to tell these young, I tell my daughter, I said, I said, Emma J. there's no one like him. You can't tell them. I said, the closest we've seen was Kobe. That was the closest I've seen. But Michael was Michael and he's a whole different era. And then, uh, so it's pretty neat to see that. Uh, my, my my biggest thing is spending more time with my daughter now. Like we get to watch shows together and stuff like that. It's pretty neat. She's a big wrestling fan, so of course I got to watch wrestling now. Uh, with no fans, fans it's kind of different. But you know this, but like, like I told you, I'm a big Law and Order guy, and I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. Uh, but I always tell everybody this. Everybody says Michael Jordan is the goat. I'm not disagreeing, but I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not far behind.
0: Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that one. I didn't get to see Kareem as much. I was born in 84, so my life kind of goes along with Michael Jordan's career. Uh, right. But I, I always knew about Kareem was the obvious best oh. Division I player of all time. He's got to be up there uh, for the NBA. Uh, for my lifetime, seeing Michael, the only the reason I put him above everybody else is that he never lost in the finals. Nobody ever yeah. beat him. When everything was on the line, <laughs> he never lost. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. else that you want to mention and put in that category, for the most part, whether it's Magic, Larry Bird, they beat each other in the finals a few times, a couple times. Right. Uh, everybody else, for the most part, has lost in the finals. LeBron has lost multiple times. It's, multiple, yeah. It's, it's even Kobe. Kobe didn't quite have the killer instinct that Michael did. And it, they were just different people. And it, it was kind right. of funny to see. Yeah, it's, it's a whole different thing. I love
2: it, though. It's uh, only bad about it now. we only got two episodes left. <laughs> mm-hmm. Only bad about it now. But, uh, but I think I think it's neat how he pushed people. He pushed them, and he pushed them, and he pushed them. But like he said, it's to get them to play harder, get them to play better. Uh, he, I mean, you're not going to be a good cop all the time. You're going to, to play good cop and bad cop. I mean, it is what it is. And then some people took it, like he said, when they get done watching this documentary, there's going to be some people say, Michael Jordan the butthole. There's going to be some people say, wow.
0: He was that good. Oh, yeah, because at the same time, if you've been if you played sports your whole life, like everybody that's played professional sports has, you know those personalities. You see it from time to time. But when you're a professional and you're getting paid that amount of money to play the game and there's somebody that wants to win and that's the whole point is to win, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the back of my mind, did I like it? Probably not. But at the same time, like they said on the episodes last night, um, we won because of it. Yeah. And we got to Ooh, have these yeah. rings, yeah. Yep, yeah. oh, you're exactly right. So you got to yeah. take the good with the bad if you want to win, and that's my favorite part wow. so far has been the moments where they give Michael the iPad so he can watch, and you get to see his reaction <laughs> to him watching what everybody else has to say about him. And last oh, yeah. night, Gary Payton in the glove. Mm. Like, you know, we, we had him just beat him down, wear him down a little bit, and Michael just la- basically laughed in his face. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I expected from Michael. <laughs> that was my favorite part.
2: Oh yeah, he's 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 holding. People just don't realize how how competitive and how much you know grit and, and stuff. Like like when they were over doing the uh, the, the the movie he made, the Bucks Bunny movie. Mm-hmm. He was scouting those guys out. He was scouting. Them. Yeah, like, he knows him like, like okay. This guy does this one this time he's gonna. I was like that's pretty smart.
0: I said, he, he's scouting them out. See exactly what their favorite moves are and stuff like that. What I thought was funny in the documentary was they didn't really mention that the guys that he brought in were in the movie Space Jam with him. They're co-starred for a bit, but it's kind of funny. Like, okay, who was responsible for bringing those guys in? Did he get a hold of everybody? Or was there somebody at the studio? Was it him saying, okay, I need to scout this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, so let's get them in the movie. I want to see how all that stuff played out. That would be even more fun behind the scenes of Space Jam. Right we're coming up on episode nine and 10 of that documentary. And it feels like you wish there was another 10 episodes. Um, Early on when this all began, I saw somebody tweet out that they didn't understand how, when it first started, they didn't understand how there were going to be 10 episodes about one season. And then after the first two aired, how was there only 10 episodes about this (laughs) entire season? There needs to be at least 20.
2: There needs to be exactly right. Needs to be at least 20. It'd be awesome.
0: And it, It's been really fun to see the progression of Michael Jordan from the college kid or the high school kid getting cut as a sophomore uh, yep. to growing three to four inches and becoming the man in high school and then right away going to North Carolina, playing, not being Michael Jordan yet, but playing and getting time as a freshman. And then, boom, he became yep. Michael Jordan, the he became. the advertiser, McDonald's, everything, and now then turned into I want to win. and. How about well, that? I know nice. the, oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I didn't know the I didn't know the, the thing about Adidas. I had no clue mm-hmm. about that. His mama made him get on that plane and go go do, listen to Nike talk. I was like, oh my goodness, I did not know that.
0: Could you imagine West Liberty may not be a Nike affiliated school right now if it wasn't for Michael Jordan? Yeah, that's true. There may not be a Nike if it wasn't for Michael.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right.
0: And I, I also enjoyed how he went from Trying to be the best player that he could be, best player in the game, to the best winner, and yes. in becoming the best winner, he became the best player as well. That's what I liked about it. Yep, He's good, he was good, man. He was
2: special,
0: and he obviously a multi-sport player. I'm not going to say star. I mean, I'm sure he would have been at lower levels, but not in uh, professional sports. But he was, you know, could play. What do you think about those the multi-sport athletes? Oh, I, I think it's a great idea
2: for those kids doing that, especially kids that coming up in our day and age. I, I tell them all the time, if you can play three, two or three sports in high school, do it. It's only gonna make you better uh, down the road. Uh, makes you flexible, makes you bendable, makes you makes you compete. You know things like that. I, I love when kids like I love wrestlers, uh, and I like the football player wrestling. I like basketball. They get basketball. I like the track part of it too. Uh, but most big guys are it's just shot putting disc. But uh, I. I, if they can play basketball or baseball or another sport off of them, oh, I'm all for it. I think it's a
0: great idea. I've talked to some other coaches about that topic as well. And one, Coach Cassie Seth for women's basketball, she really said something that stuck in my mind. If you've got these players that are really good athletes or you know, the top player in one sport, but then they go play another sport and they're not the top athlete or not the top player, all of a sudden they have to change their mindset, okay. Yeah, I know I'm the top dog here, but over here I kind of I kind of have to take a back seat, and maybe that Mm -hmm. ego drops down a little bit, and they have to work a little bit harder. And when they go to that sport that they're really good at already, they kind of take that attitude. Okay, I know I'm the best, but I still have to work hard. Right. You got exactly
2: right. you know, I thought I was loud. She might be louder than me when I hear her yelling on the sidelines. I love watching her coach. That's that's how coaches should be Mm -hmm. enthusiastic. Uh, you know, like I tell our kids on defense, three things you got to do on defense. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to hit. And you get excited. So, if she does, watching her coach, she's – she's I-, I love watching her coach. I was like, that's how you're supposed to do it right there. And after the game, you see her putting her arm around those girls and walk off the court talking to them and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about right there. That's what coaching – to me, that's what coaching is all about.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I love the intensity. I've told her that. I-, I. She's one of the many other coaches that I would run through a brick wall for uh it's a lot of fun we used to make jokes about having to build something right on the edge of the table there so when she's yelling (laughs) doesn't go right into the microphone but anymore if you watch a westlib women's basketball game it's kind of that's what you're gonna get and i don't care i it doesn't bother me i I love it when she gets all fired up that gets our team going um we'll get back to a little bit more about you we got a little bit of time left here uh who was your who was your favorite did you have a favorite athlete or a favorite team or both growing up? well I was uh, of course you know I was a Steelers
2: fan because being from Clarksburg, West Virginia, uh, the Steelers, but my favorite football player people think I'm crazy. I used to love watching Barry Sanders play. I love when watch what he did with no offensive line oh, it was amazing to me and he was short, squatty body in a good run. Uh, I don't know if it's because him and I went to college at the same time uh, or he was a year older than me I think or something like that but we. Were, we're pretty close in age wise. Just watching Barry Sanders, to me, I think he's just one of the best of all time. I mean I know Emma Smith has these records for all the most yards and stuff, but from an electrifying standpoint, oh my goodness. I mean oh. Emma Smith had the best one of the best offensive lines
0: in the country. But Barry Sanders, oh my goodness. Oh. Put put Barry Sanders with the Cowboys in that offensive line and see what Barry Ooh. does. Oh. You you I, mean- I I love Say it again. You, me, and Coach Danny Irwin for wrestling, we all agree on the Barry Sanders. We love Barry Sanders.
2: Oh, man, you, he, he was just special. And then my other favorite i watched was Lawrence Taylor. I, I think he's just, oh, he was, he was when he talked about speed, coming off the edge, he can go from speed to power. Uh, he can play the run. He can play the pass. And, you know, he's just one of those guys. Now, he, he reminds me of Michael Jordan. When he stepped in on that white line, it was over. I mean, it was like, it's me and you. I'm going to kick your butt for 60 minutes and then I'm going to get the heck out of here. And that's
0: just, that was the attitude he took. He absolutely did. LT was one of my favorites, too, watching. I was pretty young watching him play, uh, but he was – it was always – it was Tech Mobile, Super tech mobile. the little video games that we had <laughs> back in the day. It was always LT. You had to be LT. It had to be LT. That's right. Uh, you know, we, we also talked a little bit about – Shows we're watching and things like that right now with everything being quarantined, we've seen it a little bit on TV. Since there are no live sports, if there was one game, if it was a Super Bowl or even series, if it's a, a final series, a World Series, NBA, NHL, anything like that, what would you want to watch if they were re-airing it today?
2: <clears throat> I like to go back and watch the old uh, Lakers back in the day uh, in the, the eighty Lakers, eighty, I think three or eighty four in that range, eighty five uh back there they, they were unbelievable uh with that team Kareem, magic uh michael cooper uh currentt Ram- showtime Lakers the the true Showtime Lakers right? I out to everybody the showtime Lakers can play but they but everybody to the the golden State warriors and all that they, stuff like, oh. so
0: they had they had james worthy too right yes james worthy that's right i mean they were they were stacked Kurt rambus uh mm-hmm. Jabbar.
2: Byron Scott was a two-guard. Magic was a point guard. Was A.C. Was Green there?
0: or was Yep, A.C. Green. Yep, you yep, Yeah, sir. They had, yep, I, right. I, they had a ton of people. I mean, it was unbelievable yes, it the is. talent that they had. Yep. That's, a, that's when it was really fun watching the Celtics and Lakers. Right. I, I know it was kind of fun when it was Kobe and, and, and Garnett and all them and, and, right. and Boston, but it wasn't the same as it was back in the 80s.
2: No, no, that's a whole different – that's why I talked to everybody. I said people – they would make their own rules up to take the best player out of the game. I mean, Detroit – Detroit did the best. I mean, listen, we got Michael Jordan rules here. He's not making – he's not letting – Pat Riley even said it. Do not let that man dunk. Mm-hmm. If he goes down the lane, put him on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it, it is what it was. And Mike, like Michael said, that offseason, he lifted weights. He gained about 10, 15 pounds of muscle.
0: and He went back the next year, and then he got his revenge. Could you imagine if they played like that today? Could you imagine if LeBron or oh. even Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant, oh, he's going to be crying the whole time, I feel like. Yes.
2: The, the, or uh, James Harden, he'd be worse with him, James Harden.
0: <laughs> Although oh. I feel like Russell Westbrook might have been able to play back in those days.
2: I think Russell could, yes, sir. I'd give you that one. I like Russ.
0: Yeah, I, I think he'd have fit in with the bad boys in Boston, or not in yes. Boston, in Detroit. Or in if he had played against Isaiah, oh, that might have been a fun matchup to watch, him versus Isaiah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they're still down the dumps Not a lot. And Michael said it best. He did not have nothing to do with Isaiah not making the legs. But he didn't put a good word in for Isaiah either. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I don't think a whole lot of other people would have at all no. either. So yeah, I, right. I guess Isaiah kind of made, the, made his own bed and had to lay in it a little bit there. Right. So, yes, sir. You're exactly uh, right. Byproduct of being a bad boy. But, hey, John Sally knew how to do it. I like John Sally. He yep. got on everybody's championship team. Yeah,
2: Yo, you're right. You're exactly
0: right. I forgot about that. John Sally's right. I mean, he bounced around everywhere. I, I wish I could have had a career like that. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. so like, every team, every team, him and Robert Ori, every team they went to won big an shot. NBA championship. Yep, big shot Bob. Yep. Boy, and I, I look back at his time, Ori's time with the Rockets, and that's like, wow, he was young. Yeah. I didn't realize, like, when I was young watching, I didn't realize he was that young of a player with mm-hmm. the dream and. Uh Clyde Drexler and all those guys. I, I didn't realize that, but hey, he went on to win a bunch of championships too. That's all he did.
2: Yeah, you're right. It was it was uh, people see people forget about Hakeem Olajuwon. He's pretty special too now.
0: Oh, oh, he was yeah. unbelievable. He he's gotta be one of the best all time post players. I mean oh no one hundred one hundred percent. No question. He was so I, let me ask
2: you a question. Do you do you categories categorize Tim Duncan
0: as the center? Or a power forward? Well, when he came in, I'm trying to remember, was David Robinson a center at the end of his Yeah, David well, Robinson was a center, yes, sir. So he had to be the power forward. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was the Twin Towers back in the day when he first came in, him and David Robinson. And I didn't guess I didn't pay enough attention throughout his career, but I would have considered him a power forward.
2: Okay, that's what I was – we have a group chat goes on. Uh, a couple of my buddies and stuff we always we always say was Tim Duncan the center or was he a power forward? If he's a power forward, he's the goat the power forward or do you take Tim Duncan or Carl Malone?
0: Um as, <laughs> as 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 a person, I'll say I'll take Tim Duncan. Uh but as a player, I I don't know. I, that's a tough one because I that's still Stuff in it. <laughs> even Scotty Pippen got in Carl Malone's head. Hey Mailmen don't deliver on Sundays, and he missed. <laughs> yep. Tim Duncan, right. for the most part, Tim Duncan won everything. I mean, he did it multiple times, won everything. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. so, and I think it's a little bit more because of my age and getting to see all of Tim Duncan's career. Uh, right. So I'm going to go with Tim Duncan. Just, and I, I know Carl Malone, unbelievable scorer. I mean, good yeah, sport. he was exactly uh, just, and he was huge. I mean, just so musk, such a big guy that, I mean, yeah. how do you defend that? At that point in time, yeah. Well, coach, I appreciate we've I don't know, I've probably lost some viewers just from my rambling on a little bit here. (laughs) I do that every podcast, but you know what it fills up time and I don't get too much grief from it, so I'll just keep doing it until I get too much. There you go. We're definitely gonna have you back on at some point. We got too much stuff to talk about. I don't care if it's just random pop culture stuff. We need to get your opinion on some things. And I'll try to come up with some stuff that we battle about uh, in top in the topper station crew and the students that we'll need your final opinion. Oh, I'd love to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your day, Topper Nation, uh, Assistant Coach Brian Hill. Thank you, Todd. And a big thank you to Coach Hill for that. That was a lot of fun talking to him. Um, It never gets old. Like I said before in the first part of this, the first segment, uh, I feel like we could talk to him for another three or four episodes and you'd never hear the same thing repeated
1: oh for sure I just like the conversations that him and I had on campus were never the same and I know they could go on and on and on but like he talks about he's going to talk to everybody he sees and like our conversation will be about something and as soon as that conversation's done he turns about a little bit later he goes hey how you doing next person I'm like there aren't very many people in this world that can do that and you know and make people happy just as much as he can. So uh, he's a great person to have on campus. I hope he stays there for such a long time because he'll be able to impact so many people on that campus, not just the team, but other athletes and other people that he sees on campus.
0: And we've seen him at basketball games before. You want to talk about a fiery coach on the sidelines for football and, and a guy that can get his players ready to play. He is as big a fan as you're going to find for West Liberty Sports. Uh, not just a football coach, but a huge fan as well. You see him get fired up, and uh, he loves it. He loves the competition. Uh, he loves being a part of the West Lib family, I guess. you could. He used that phrase as well. It really is a family up there. And uh, he quickly, quickly became a big part of that and helped helped make that family even better, in my mind.
1: I remember the first time I went down that I was still sidelining and I went down to go talk to coach Wiley and he was talking to coach Hill and I had never met him before because, you know, he was just brand new. It was like the first game and I went down there and started talking to him and he was just right there with us the entire time. And we had a great, uh, I was talking to coach, but just coach Hill was there too. And he like never forgot me after that. And I, I don't know, like, It just feels good to know, like, people remember you after something like that, and Coach Hill's just such a great guy, and he is really impacted. He talks to everybody on the crew, like, he knows them, knows their name, knows what their major is. He even asked me for advice. His daughter was interested in the broadcasting stuff, and he wanted me to, like, try and, like, help her out, and, like, get her to, like, interested in it, because she was like find videos and stuff where like I have an it's your major thing you can go watch that it shows you everything so uh you know we make that personal connection too which is really nice
0: and a big congratulations to her graduating from Wheeling Park High School couldn't have been easy he he talks about that uh and he can talk about it better than I can but uh congratulations to her and tough decision that she had to make or that she made you know come see her dad and spend her last year in high school here in a town she's never been to before and doesn't know anybody and uh, she came here and, and graduated did well so uh, congratulations to her and nothing but the best wherever she ends up going to school um it's it's just fun to see how that uh can come around the family stay together you know they, they do come back and doesn't matter where it's at if they've lived there for their entire lives or just only been there for a year they can still be together and still um have good moments mm-hmm. Um, other things, what have you been watching? Well, I know we talk about this quite a bit, but I think everybody out there is interested. It's one of the main topics that people have right now when they talk to each other, Hey, what shows are you watching? Is there anything good that I haven't seen? Uh, give me some updates. What have you been watching lately?
1: So I was watching how I met your mother throughout the entire semester. Um, I have now finished how I Met your mother and I'm angry as everybody else was yeah um, and i was going to text isaac about it and then just didn't because i'm still like getting over the anger that i have of the ending <laughs> i'm not going to going to spoil too much but i'm i'm not happy it's, with
0: it. it's been long enough now if people haven't sure. seen it. it's been years hasn't it i mean they
1: ended in t- 2013
0: oh yeah it's been about seven years now i think you can talk about it and if somebody sorry folks if there it's if we're giving out spoilers to how i met you turn it off now Pause. (laughs) it's been seven years you can't be mad at us
1: okay so the ending is just like the entire show is just trying to like he's trying to find is one true love that is their mother and he's telling the kids the story of how he met their mother and then like the ending comes and she like the mother he finds the mother and it's like flash forward years they had two kids it's beautiful they're married and then she suddenly passes away And then he goes back to the first person that he dated, which is like in the first season of the show. And like, they're not good for each other. I don't know why they're doing this. And I'm just angry at it. It doesn't make any sense until you watch it. It's just not a happy ending. Like you expected it to just be like, went through nine years of heartbreak, but now I found your mother and now I'm happy. But no, they had to ruin it by like making it all sad and stuff. So I'm just angry. I like watched, it was like, I watched the finale at like 1030 at night. So I was like exhausted. And then I started like angry crying. Oh, (laughs) awful! so mad. Uh,
0: Was it the worst ending to a show you've ever seen?
1: I have never seen the Sopranos. I hear that's way worse, but, um, I I was devastated with Sopranos. I bet you were, I've heard of it. I know. And I, I know exactly, not exactly what happens, but like, I know of it. Um, Your Mother was the worst one I've ever watched. A lot of my shows haven't ended yet. So.
0: With The Sopranos, when I watched it, I watched it live. Well, when it aired live. If it had been my TV and had it been a much cheaper TV. For chucking something. It would have been broken. It (laughs) would have been broken because you spend that many years watching. And then they say, hey, you decide what the ending is. No. 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 (laughs) No, you can't do that. Even, even with Game of Thrones and everybody was upset the way that ended. At least there was an ending. At least it didn't Mm -hmm. say, "Well, you figure it out. What, what do you think happened?" Well, that's what happened. No, 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 no. We don't watch these shows for us to. This isn't one of those books where you decide which path you take. We're not doing that. So, I thought it was kind of funny because I never got into How I Met Your Mother, and then I heard how everybody was upset about it. And it made me giggle even more because I'm like, I'm really, really glad I never got into that show. Even though I watched a couple episodes, it wasn't that funny to me. So I wasn't that upset about it.
1: Yeah, I watched it because a lot of people were telling me I should. And then, like, I knew, I remember, like, being in, what was I in, freshman year? I don't remember, but something... And people were like, God, the ending sucks. I hate it so much. I remember that happening, but I never knew like, what it was. Yeah. So I, did, I tried really hard not to like go on the internet and look for spoilers of it. I knew the ending was bad. I was gonna watch it for myself and see. And oh my God, like, I was just so angry. And like, ah, I never wanna watch that show again just because I was so angry. I'll never do it.
0: I just watched the movie Us. For the first time, it's it's uh you know which one it is. No, (laughs) I don't watch movies. uh, Oh, you don't watch? Have you seen the movie Get Out?
1: I'm not a big scary movie, scary movie person. Yeah, I don't really watch horror.
0: It's the same guy that made that movie. Uh, that made Get Out, uh, Jordan Jordan Peele. Peele. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's not necessarily a horror flick. It's supposed to sort of kind of be that way. To me, it was more of a suspense thriller. Um, but it's interesting, it's it's a family, and one night the power goes out, and they look out in their driveway, and there's another family standing there, hand in hand. And all the, you know, eventually they realize it's themselves. It's a weird doppelganger kind of thing. I'm not going to give away too much, because this one just came out last year. It hasn't been seven years since this one came out, so I'm not going to give any spoilers. All the stuff that I've said you can see in the trailers if you really want to see online. Uh, but it was interesting. Not a bad movie. I don't know if it was as good as Get Out, but I think I might have to watch it again. And see, but uh, is that it for entertainment news on the Hilltopper Sports Podcast?
1: <laughs> you know, I'm rewatching One Tree Hill. If that helps never anybody, that. never. It it wouldn't be no. your style at all.
0: I don't think so. No, I still remember. Wouldn't. I've got a feeling it's like the MTV version of Teen Wolf show. I remember getting all excited when that first came out because I'm thinking it's going to be like the movie with Michael J. Fox as the nerdy high school basketball player that turns into, you know, big, bad, tough guy, Teen Wolf, and I'm thinking, all right, Scott Howard's coming back, and then I saw it was Twilight. Like, yeah, not watching this. Not watching this.
1: Wintry Hill is like a, a more romantic version of uh, Friday Night Lights, if that helps, but basketball. Can't do it. It's not your style at all. And I watched it when I was in like high school, but I don't remember any of it because I was in high school. So I'm gonna rewatch it. And it's like nine seasons of it, so that should get me through this.
0: I've heard <laughs> several people try to tell me to watch Friday Night Lights, the TV show, and that I'd really like it. I love the movie, mm-hmm. but I feel like the TV show is a good bit different. So I, I've never given it a chance. I've never watched it. But... It's just
1: more dragged out. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm not it's hard to tell people to watch something, especially when you know, like, that's not their style. Right. Like your style is like more, uh, I don't know, it's it's not dark, but it's like, <laughs> it's not dark. No, I'm trying to think of a word. Like you'll watch Game of Thrones. You're like that guy that's just like, like I watch Grey's Anatomy and One Tree Hill and you would never watch that. You're the opposite of those shows. So it's like, that's what I mean. Like, I can't tell you to watch Grey's Anatomy, especially since it's like 15 seasons, that's a long time. That's the other part. We don't have time to watch that. Now, if it field. was
0: Family Guy or one of See, those I animated shows, and it's 15 series, 15 seasons, I'm still watching it.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's funny.
0: It's comedy. Comedy is different.
1: Comedy is different. I just the when I'm like switching. How I Met Your Mother was a comedy. Now One Tree Hill is kind of like a drama. Might go to a comedy after that. So we'll I, my I'm my to, brother would. My brother mean? would
0: tell you to watch the OC. The OC. Yeah. I don't know. Me either. <laughs> well, we we talked about commencement. Uh, we talked about saying goodbye to some people, and you've got one semester left. let mm-hmm. West Lib. <laughs> so this this past semester was your first semester of senior year, and you've got one left, and uh, hopefully we can still keep some sports going and hopefully you'll be allowed on campus to be able to work some of these things. So we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. But, um, you know, you see across the country, some States are opening things up for professional sports and they'll be ready to go in the next couple of days. It looks like. And then there are other States that are closing or canceling fall sports for college athletics, uh, for some schools. And it's just weird to see. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of, continuity going on with everybody.
1: It doesn't. And every state is different, but you have to realize there are border states right next to you. So like there's California schools that are closing in person classes in the fall. Then you like you said, like in Arizona they're opening back up. Well they're right next to each other. How does that make sense? Um the whole thing is just really confusing and God, I really wish that I'm able to go back on campus. They say we're going to, but you know, things could always change. So, about three months left before we have to go back. So, it's just it's going to be one of those things that keep an open mind about it, but also know that, you know, I might not be able to go back and you know, see Chris Lee one last time or like see Tammy or work with Jared. Like, I don't know. Like, I just have to stay optimistic, but also realize that, you know, I might be in the same boat as the people in the spring. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to realize it, but um, trying to keep an open mind about it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, you might have a good story later in life. Like, yeah, I was in that crazy point in time. If it's only one grad, you know, two semesters that you had to graduate like that or virtual commencement for everybody, you can say, yeah, that was, That was my year. That was one of mine. So you might have a little anecdote for the rest of your life to be able to tell your kids, grandkids, all that good stuff. Like really? Oh, you, you, again, then you can be recognized for that as well. You say you love getting recognized for things you've done. You never know.
1: (laughs) I don't know. you make it seem like I'm so like,
0: I I had to mess with you. As soon as that slipped, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to torture her on this one. This is going to be,
1: No, it's not like that. I don't
0: (laughs) know. Uh, <laughs> it cracks I'm me up. That one down it cracks me up.
1: You'll like. You'll It'll be like how I graduate, and that'll be the thing I get to recognize her for something that she did because she loves it so much.
0: Oh, it's gonna be like Rob Scuderi with the Penguins years ago, and he was they misquoted him as he said, you know, he made a big play in a game to help him win. And like, you know, I was just a piece of the puzzle that helps us win, and you know, just a small piece. Well, they misquoted it as put the piece. So oh. from then on his teammates got on him nonstop. Oh, he's the piece. He's the reason we're going to win. So just going to, that's all. It's going to be just a friendly ribbing. That's all. Okay. going to joke with you. Not okay. too bad.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Lauren, thank you being on for the show again. Uh, we'll get you back on again soon. Um, try to think of uh, who we might try to get on in the future. Uh, again, more acro get uh, Kenzie Kyle this time, maybe uh, her sister head coach make a quick appearance again. We'll see. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know, uh, but we'll get you back on. Maybe we can get live on for a uh, volleyball senior as a graduate. She,
1: like I, I told you, she's moving to Indianapolis. She's going to mm-hmm. be working for the NCAA. So maybe there we can talk to her a little bit about that. Yeah. There's our,
0: there's our connection to, uh, I might
1: cry though. So, cause she, I don't get to see her. So uh, just be aware of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a, a big thank you to coach Brian Hill for being on with us too. Uh, we'll have to get him back on the podcast at some point and, maybe even see him a little bit more. We we do the um, scoop with Coach Coop and running with the toppers for, for basketball. Maybe get something going with Coach Hill. Uh, we still have the coaches show with Roger Wyline, Maybe get something for, for Coach Hill, like a little weekly or twice a week or once a week kind of deal and see what we can get going on with him. I think he'd be great with that.
1: Oh, he'd be so excited. It would, He would be so excited. That would be so funny.
0: Well, again, Lauren, thank you so much for being on Topper Nation. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time on the Hilltopper Sports Podcast.